This podcast is brought to you by the Albany Public Library main branch and the generosity of listeners like you. What is a podcast? God, Daddy, these people talk as much as you do. Razib Khan's unsupervised learning. Hey, everybody. Uh, this is Razib Khan. Uh, I am here with Dr. Corey Clark, who is affiliated right now with the University of Pennsylvania. Corey, can you tell the people out there a little bit about yourself, what you're interested in, how you define yourself, what you identify it as, and uh, what your <laughs> pronouns are? I identify as a tiger. Um, <laughs> my name is Corey. I'm, I guess I'm technically a social psychologist, but I call myself a behavioral scientist because social psychology, the reputation has plummeted over the past 10 to 15 years. <laughs> um, but that's what my PhD is in. I'm at University of Pennsylvania in the psychology department and management department. And I'm the executive director of the Adversarial Collaboration Project, which is a sort of science reform initiative where we're trying to get enemy science to collaborate with each other rather than write mean replies to one another's work and call each other assholes at conferences. Yeah, at the tail end of this, I might want to like talk a little bit about that and how science works in the United States, how it's going to work in the future, how it doesn't work. Um, and, and that's an interesting topic. Uh, for scientists in particular, so I'll I'll, I'll get to, to the get get at it, um, get to that at the end because I think there's a lot of normies out there don't really care. <laughs> they're just they're just like show me they're just like show me the results. Yeah, uh, is it true or them. not? You know that's what's, I mean I, you don't I, hear I do, the philosophy of science bullshit. No, right? no, 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 no. But um, so actually, let me ask before we get to the paper that, that I want to talk about with you. Mm-hmm. Um. What is up with social psychology? Why was it in particular of the fields in psychology vulnerable? Uh, why do you think it was vulnerable to the replication crisis and all those things? Well, some people, the the pro-social psych folk would say, like, well done, social psychologists. You know, we figured out our own mistakes and are cleaning up our own mess. And other disciplines have replication crisis issues, too, which is all true. Um, however... In the handful of other fields, people have looked at replication issues in other disciplines. It does seem like social psychology is particularly terrible. And my best guess for why that is, is because the so, like the whole concept of social psychology might be a false positive <laughs> in that these little, the things that social psychologists love to do is manipulate these little teensy tiny environmental things that last a second or five seconds and it has some radical change on some really important outcome. People are more ambitious, they're happier, um, they're kinder, uh, or they're more aggressive. And I think those kinds of effects, these little, or you put someone in a particular mindset and then they do better in school. Like these little teensy tiny low cost interventions that social psychologists love to do, I think most of them are bullshit. And so it was sort of inevitable that eventually we were going to figure out that none of these little things worked. And instead, a lot of the correlational stuff replicates. And that's the kind of stuff that social psychology thought it was too good for. Well, and I do have to say, uh, correlational and the the nudges and all these other things, um, you know, behavioral economics, which was uh, a massively sexy field right after the financial crisis in particular, where there was all these ideas that, oh, the econo- economists are wrong because, you know, they use a rational actor model and mm-hmm. like we have all these cognitive biases. And uh, I mean, that field is having a massive comeuppance. Uh, mm-hmm. um, the woman at Harvard, uh, yeah. the 
Italian background. Uh, she, I mean, Francesca Gino. Yeah, radioactive. Like it's gonna destroy the field. She's on so many papers, and now um, Dan Ariely is finally. They're coming after him again the second time. Mm-hmm. And so uh, with Ariely, some of you might know him from his media uh, production. He used to be on NPR and stuff all the time. He wrote uh, Predictably Irrational, and then he wrote a book about lying. Um, and it turns out that almost certainly some of the data that he has used, like you know, insurance data and stuff, uh, was fabricated. Now, the question is whether he's responsible or not responsible. Um, there is a real thing within some of these fields where the original data does get lost or deleted. That does yeah. happen. You I know? think APA guidelines was like 10 years you have to hang. I mean, now I think the normal practice is to hang on to it forever. But when people yeah. were holding on to paper surveys, you know, collecting dust in the storage uh, unit, I think people said 10 years. So like, that's all plausible. But those findings, even though maybe they would call themselves a different discipline, that's social psychology kind of stuff. You know, these little manipulations, yeah. sign at the beginning, sign at the end, and it has these big uh, changes for honesty. Like those are all social psychology type findings. And those are the type of findings that don't replicate. And if you're going to be a successful scientist who's publishing those kinds of findings, you might feel compelled to cheat because you can't get them to work <laughs> and you got to publish papers. Um so even the fraud cases, I don't think that's, I don't think most scientists did that level of, you know, it's, that's not even p-hacking at that point, yeah. but they didn't engage it, in that. But I think we call it pulling a staple. Pulling a staple? <laughs> like Diedrich staple. Uh, I think yeah. that's staple. Oh, yeah, whatever. Uh, <laughs> we live in America. <laughs> yeah, we live in America. And if, okay. if okay. English is good enough for Jesus Christ in the Bible, it's good enough for me, you know? So, um, but yeah, whatever. That guy, like, he, like, literally, he literally made up data sets when yeah. people were thinking about how do we explore this? And he's like, I have a data set. And then he would go home and make it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And so, uh, you know, that's doable. And, I'm you know, sure you he wasn't see- the only one, but well, okay. it was pretty rare. Well, so there's a guy, I think he's an immunologist that just came out. I mean, this is everywhere. Like when the replication crisis hit, a lot of people are saying like, it's like in biomed, in farm, there's massive issues, you know, and a guy like checked some immunology, some immunologist, I think, checked um, a bunch of papers and wherever he found, uh, wherever he found the raw data, he said that there was like 25% um, like fraud or massive mm-hmm. er- massive error that was basically like just invalidates the paper you know well that's a lot when he only found summary statistics he could only find fraud or invalidate the paper in one percent of the time when they re- didn't report all the data mm, i see so he's concluding from that like no it's not that those people have better data it's that they're not reporting the data, and so you can't even confirm that. Yeah, we can't know. Probably, yeah, probably 25% of those cases, you can't really confirm that it's fraudulent or it's an error. Right. You know, I mean, Most people who committed fraud would probably try to destroy their data to minimize their chances of getting caught. So that's why it's sort of surprising to me that some people who were committing fraud uh, still went ahead and made their data publicly available. <laughs> it's, a, it, it's pretty bold. You know what? Um, when you're that big, they let you. <laughs> no, but I mean, that's kind of a, you know, like, I mean, I don't want to, you know, I, I'm not, okay, this is not libelous, but I mean, it's just like, if if Dan Ariely was not Dan Ariely, if he was not a very prominent, you know, professor at Duke, uh, if he was junior faculty or if he was grad student or something like that, 
he would have been done a long time ago. You know, well, maybe or maybe not, because I think people like to target high status people because people like to see the high status people tumble. You know, if that paper had been published in a journal no one cared about, then no one would have bothered double checking it because they wouldn't have been jealous. <laughs> you know, Wait, was it was your psychologizing there? Is that a, a robust model? That, I mean, has that been rep- <laughs> replicated? <laughs> uh, no, that's an intuition. <laughs> That's a series no, no. of anecdotal experiences. No, but that's that's a fair enough point. That's a fair enough point. Also, um, yeah, and people that have been in situations where they've been touched by fraud, they're paranoid after that too. Because uh, mm-hmm. I've I've known of people that were in collaborations and then they found out something about their collaborator and they freaked out. So I'm going to move on to like the paper, but I will tell a quick anecdotal story. I think I've told this before, but um, anyway, uh, I'm not sure if I have on this podcast, but this this just you know. Stuff happens in science, and I'm not trying to make science seem bad, but uh, it's weird. So I have a friend, uh, and he ended up getting a postdoc uh, in the European Union. I'm not going to say at what institution. And uh, it was like a great opportunity, supposedly. And then he's in the lab, and he realized they're fudging things all the time. Hmm. And he's like asks his 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 mentor in the lab, not the primary investigator, not the scientist sitting. It's like. I think something's going on here. And the guy looked at him. And he's like, Wait, you didn't know that we just made stuff up? <laughs> and, and, and my friend was like, wait, what? And he's like, oh, everyone knows we make stuff up in this lab. And what? yeah. And uh, it, was a, it was a big PI. It was a big, it was a big lab. Did they um, ever get busted? Uh, I don't think so, but the story doesn't end there. And so they just assumed that he knew he was okay with the fraud, and that's why he joined. It was a, he had moved out of field. Um, I guess I can say it was it's a plant lab. He he wasn't a plant person. Okay. Uh, and uh, anyway, not even the so, plants are replicating. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get it. I don't want to give too many details because <laughs> okay. I don't want to be sued. But okay. so I, okay, so he he eventually had to leave but he didn't narc because they were like your career will be destroyed uh what you need to do is make a pretense why you have to leave the eu and so he did he had wow. it was a family emergency so he left and then he got another postdoc somewhere else and, and he's fine um but i was like what I, I was like that is crazy and he's like yeah but everybody knows everyone in the field knows but this person's publishing and then later uh, i was hanging out with a friend of mine and she was at that same institution in the same field, uh, different organism, but whatever. And I was like, you know, so-and-so, I'm just going to make up a name that's generic, but that sounds like him, uh, Mike. Mike told me uh, Mike told me that that postdoc, uh, that lab he was in, um, and she was like, oh, yeah, the one that produces fraudulent data. And I was like, wait, what? what? <laughs> <laughs> and so it's just, it's a big, it's a big professor, and everyone knows it's kind of like an open secret, I guess. And uh, nobody wants to call out this person because uh, it will destroy. There's a coordination problem. Um, I think I've told this story. I think I've told. Surely, this story. someone is competitive enough with this PI that they would be happy to watch him or her go down. <laughs> yeah, maybe. I mean, maybe it has happened. This, I this happened. 10 years ago okay. and yeah, 10 years ago. And, and I talked to her nine years ago. So I mean, it is, it is professionally, co- reputationally costly to be the person to tattletale, you know, on other people. Yeah. So you I also think get that, that, hurts sometimes if you're right about it. Like the yeah. data Pilata guys, I think are pretty respected by people. 
Yes, yes, they are. They are. But um, so, you know, I'm just I'm telling this story like how science sucks. Uh, but, you know, it's great, too. You know, um, this is why I'm, I'm talking to you. This is why we're in the game. But, you know, you hear things and you know things. Um, it's a human enterprise and it's a social enterprise. And so, you know, sometimes, for example, um, like just concretely, like, you know, you'll see, I don't know, there's like a, a trash paper and it's in nature. <laughs> and you know it's in nature because the last author, blah, 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 blah. But the paper itself is trash. You know, like there are cases where it's like, okay, this paper, this paper should be in a very like, you know, low impact factor. You know, it's not fraudulent, but this is not a real nature paper sometimes. But it's like statistically or it's sophisticated enough that outsiders would think it was a nature paper. And so that those are the kind of things that's like makes me always suspicious when people are like, well, it's in a high impact journal because it's like, if it's not my field, I don't really know if it should be in a high impact journal because a lot of times it shouldn't. And later it turns out that like, oh, the science paper had like massive problems. And well, it's because, you know, I mean, it's it's a glam journal and, you know, it's glam PIs, glam professors go to it and they can get away with stuff. Uh, they can push stuff. There are like at least two things that are are going to predict a really impressive package of studies or really impressive results. That is, you have really impressive results or you made up really impressive results. And it's really hard to actually find very impressive results because scientists have been doing science for a long time and there's not a whole lot of new stuff to discover, at least in you know disciplines that aren't totally changing their methodological procedures these days. So you probably do get more fraudulent papers than the top tier. You, you get better papers, but you also get more fraudulent papers and more p-hack papers. And if I recall, I do believe there was, uh, I think there was uh, an analysis of replicability uh, in social psychology, or maybe it was psychology journals and impact factor. And uh, I don't I think them. I don't think the better ones were more rep- replicable. I'm not sure if the worst ones were more replicable or if it was just completely random. Some of the top ones were the lowest in replicability. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, because like if you're going to get published in one of these top tier journals, you have to be so perfect across so many studies. And the odds of that happening naturally are pretty low. And so people, you know, file drawer some studies and they do some like little subtle p hacking thing and then they get their paper in JPSP. And then, you know, five years later, people can't replicate the results because you got lucky once, file drawered a bunch of other studies. Yeah. 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 Um, so let's talk about censorship, censorship and science. Um, so you have a preprint uh, scientific uh, censorship by scientists and it's got a bunch of authors uh, as we talked about um before we were recording um but uh you know uh this is an interesting topic um so you have a taxonomy in the paper you know hard versus soft what do you think of, what we think of censorship oh um, that they- paper i thought we were talking about the taboos paper this totally changes that's okay though <laughs> okay 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 <laughs> i uh, talked about the taboos paper in that paper so it'll be fine uh um, yeah Hard versus uh, soft. Yeah, well, we kind of define... So a lot. So when you think about scientific censorship... If you want to listen to the rest of the podcast, you know where to subscribe. 